Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hello and welcome into another edition of the podcast exclusive of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo here with producer Chad Ellis, my partner Bo Matthews, and our buddy Mike Marfell, the professional fisherman. Uh, we're going to talk a little fishing on today's podcast exclusive. Mike, how's it going? Awesome, man. Awesome, man. It's a good time to be talking fishing. Yeah, no Getting kidding. No kidding. Bo, we, we were as we were getting things set up here to uh, record this podcast, um, I mean, we could have just clipped that whole conversation. I mean, and it was perfect. Uh, and we would have uh, been done. Right? Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's absolutely. It's a, a, a great time to talk fishing. There's a lot happening. And, uh, Mike, you have a really cool story about uh, the most recent tournament that you were in at the Lake of the Ozarks. Um, uh, tell us that uh, Tell us that, that story. Well, it's, it's really cool, man. I wish I would have done it, but I didn't execute. Uh, so if people that don't know the BFL tournament is a pro am format where you draw a random co-angler to be yep. in the back of your boat. Yep. And then after on these BFL supers day two, they cut to the top 20%. So in this case we had like 119 boats. So it was like top 23. I squeaked in, in that last place spot. I mean, fishing has been pretty tough. The beginning of the fall transition from summer to fall, if you can imagine what that does, that scatters the fish. There's some still in their summer pattern, some moving back, some already got to the backs and they're all chasing. It's all bait related. They're chasing the, the bait. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I squeaked in there, but, uh, uh, so on day two, or I'm sorry, let me back up a second. On the end of that first day, I had four fish in the live well. And like I was telling you, I didn't want to go to my juicy spot. I'd normally save that for when I don't have a co-angler in the boat. But I needed another fish, and I went in there. <laughs> second skip under a dock, caught a nice keeper. Uh, but Did this was afternoon him? by this time. No, I didn't. But I made him swear to secrecy. <laughs> but uh, we, uh, he was like, well, now I know why you like to come in here. Because, you know, second skip, I caught one. And I was like, yeah. But the sun was up, and it was it's a shallow area. I mean, it gets to where it's just like three or four feet deep. And I, I made a lap, so to speak, through there, and I didn't catch a fish. But I seen the giant gizzard shad, the six- to eight-inch gizzard shad back there super shallow on the seawall. And I didn't say anything to him, but I thought to myself, well, I know where I'm starting tomorrow morning if, if I make it. But I didn't think I was going to make it, you know, at the time. Turns out I did make it. 
And I went in there on day two, first thing, had my three, I had three nice keepers, one about four and a half, one about three, and one about almost three. My team partner, or co-angler, he was in last place also, so they placed 23rd with 23rd and on up to first with first. Oh, so it's not a boat situation. You guys are actually, even though you're in the same boat and kind of on the same team, you're scored. No, he's fishing against indi- the other people in the back of the boat, and I'm fishing against the other people in the front of the boat. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. So it's not a team. It's not a team thing. He's fishing for his five. I'm fishing for mine. He's fishing against the guys in the back of other people's boats. Right. Got it. And I'm fishing for. So I didn't. He had a five pounder and about a two pounder. So in the co angler world, that goes a long way. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, all right, well, let's let this rest just a hair. We went and fished in another little spot close by and then came back, you know, because once you've driven your boat through that shallow area, it's probably best to let it rest a minute. And uh, I had all these, I had my three and he had two by 7.20 in the morning. We took off at a little before seven. And uh, I told him as we were catching him, I was like, there's people still running, people that are going to the dam or to the river and we've already got fish. And I went back through there and I, this isn't hyperbole. I'm guessing that it was a five pound bass or uh, because, because I, the way I was fishing, I was swimming that jig down the side of docks. I physically seen them come out and eat it. And then I seen him turn and run right back into those boat stalls. And long story short, they broke me off. I had mm. two do that. And then one that that I pitched up super shallow and didn't have my boat planted with my talons. So I was when I hooked him, I was worried about, there's no way to get my boat back there. I cast it basically over a dock into the, some jet ski slips. And he came right at me. Another one I could see him. He was a good five pounds. Went right into the wood on the dock, and we just sawing on a. You could just hear it sawing, and pow, went off like a shotgun. Lost that one. So you know it happens. That's fishing. I, I'm you know I'm around the right fish, so I'm not worried about it. Long story short, I didn't execute, and I probably wouldn't have won, but I'd have gave him a scare. <laughs> I'd have, or, I'd have, I'd have, I, I estimated I'd have had about 21 pounds, which would have got me real close to the win. But my co-angler. He did. He caught two more nice ones that day, and he ended up coming from dead last to to win the whole thing. That's so, awesome. Whoa, that's yeah. great. That's yeah, yeah. Right. See, that's why yeah. they should call it catching instead of fishing, because then you would catch them all. And I know that you say, right, and right. I know that you said that you that he won, you didn't win. But obviously, if it wasn't for you, he that wouldn't have happened for him. So oh that's really, yeah, I've got that's multiple really cool. texts from him and phone calls thanking me again. And just wanting to, you know, he's a local. He li- he's a retired school teacher out of Kansas City, and he he lives down there at the lake. And uh, he retired there. And How good of the a- cool part of that was that was his first ever win. Yeah. And his wife was his biggest fan. He lost her to cancer about you know three or four months ago. So oh, wow. And she left him a little nest egg to buy himself a bat a new bass boat. She oh, kind of no. told him that on her while she was in the hospital. So oh, my God. Uh, so yeah, he was in a, kind of an emotional about it and that made me i mean sure how could you not and uh so, so we became cool. friends <laughs> yeah we became pretty good friends we had a lot in common you know and uh so yeah i'll be i'll be hanging out with terry when i go down there you know more times up you know oh, always great. always look him up or whatever and then, you know what i told you i didn't fish the co-angler thing for a long time or the bfl format but man i had a really good run this year not as far as performance but m- meeting good people yeah you know, both the guys I had was the first guy in the day one was his name was Kirk and he's a young guy, has his own small landscaping business, super cool kid. And then uh, he's like in his early twenties 
And then Terry's a retired school teacher. Same thing. Super cool guy. Very knowledgeable. Very respectful. Uh, he would even ask me, this thing in the center is a step, right? Because I've been stepping over it, but is it okay I'm getting older? If I, I was like, yeah, that's a step, Terry. <laughs> that's what it's there it. for. You know, so if, you because, know, well, this my... boat's shiny and new. I didn't want to. I was like, I appreciate it, but yeah, th- so, that's a step. So. so for all the avid fishermen out there that uh, that are looking to just gain that, you know, extra knowledge, there's obviously there's there's bass on there's bass fishing on television. There's great YouTube channels like Ten Horse Monty. Um, that you're a part of, that people can go to yep. and 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 learn from, but uh, how much knowledge can can guys gain from entering these co angler tournaments and and fishing? Oh with my a, god, a pro it's, the... it's invaluable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great. It's the best. I mean, it's the best way to it's the best way to learn. Watching on YouTube is great and getting ideas, but physically getting out there and doing it is that's what it is. And you know, then you pick each other's brain. He was you know, asking me questions and. You know, all my guitar player friends, and I'm sure Perry would tell you the same thing, that when you teach somebody, you learn more than when you just play. Because mm, yeah. people start asking questions. You forget why you do things, but when someone asks you why we're doing what we're doing, you got to stop and think about it. you got to question yourself. So You can, yeah, you can learn a lot from watching. Uh, just last weekend, Tony and I were at the shoot for the troops thing. I hadn't shot skeet in 10 years or better. It's been a year or two since Tony had shot. Uh, Tony, I watched you, man. I watched you and and how you were doing it, and I thought, okay, I'm going to learn a little bit. And as as the day progressed or the time that we did this progressed, I learned a lot, and I was getting a little bit better at it just by learning, uh, just by watching you. I, I learned Shoot. a lot. Watching me was the wrong guy to watch, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> you were the only one. I haven't, a, I haven't shot in a million years either. My my grandfather used to own a trap shoot growing up when we were kids, and yeah, my dad and my brother. You know, my dad's passed, but my brother's still just ridiculously good at trap. Just because we grew up doing it, you know, we had we oh, our yeah. own. And they had grandfather had a five trap trap house, so we could go shoot whenever we wanted. You know, that's so, amazing. Yeah, we had a lot of yeah. fun at the Joshua Chamberlain event, shoot for the troops. Uh, but man, I was rusty. We got a little bit better yeah. as the day. Dude, went I on, thought you were awesome. Much. Oh, whatever. But that they, was... had, but you know what? Just like uh, some of the the ones guy, one guy was explaining that you know, out of fifty six uh, clays. Uh, the two contenders both hit 55 yeah. to tie, and they tried to do a shoot-off, and that didn't work. So my point is, is Tony, thanks for uh, for doing what you did because I learned a lot. Oh. Heck, I showed up to, to do it. Uh, but it's just like anything. It's like it, working on a car or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's better to watch in person. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Yes. Um, yes, it is. Uh, Mike, how much uh, – you said it's a great time to be out on the water. How long do we have this window of, like, great uh, great fishing time? Till it freezes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, the, the peak of it's going to be up and through, say, Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then you got to be a little more hardcore to be out there. Fishing will still be good, but, uh, you know, the the conditions aren't for everybody. But uh, this fall transition, when they go back to feed, uh, that's what they're back there. They know winter's coming. And, and, you know, I was asked about the water temperature and stuff. And to my, in my opinion, it's the length of days that matter more. These days are getting shorter. The fish realize it. It's much like in the spring when they're getting longer, they realize it's time to move up and spawn. Mm. When the days start getting shorter, they realize that their days are numbered uh, before the water starts cooling off. So they're they're going to feed up for the winter. So they want to eat. Although, they want to eat now. They want to eat now. They eat eat eat. That's what they're doing. You'll you catch them coming up schooling. 
they were very aggressive. Even when I'd catch one that was in practice, like a 14 incher, I would have swore to you it was three pounds because they were hitting it like a freight train. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, mm-hmm. you know, I, it, it was, a, it was good. And, and it hadn't been good. It'd been a struggle and it was a struggle during our tournament. I mean, normally it takes 19 to 20 pounds a day to stick around down there, but this is a weird time where the fish are scattered. So I snuck in with 11, two, and then I had th- only had three fish on the second day and I still managed to jump up from 23rd to 17th. So it wasn't a typical Lake of the Ozarks, but it's, it's getting, it's, it's happening. And what's funny about that is when I got back, okay, so my co-angler comes all the way back and I should have had I not been an egghead and lost those fish. I look at my phone, you know how you'll get your phone will say, oh, on this date two years ago. So this was Monday. It was on this date two years ago, and it was me leading the Web Outdoors championship at Lake of the Ozarks exactly two years to the day. And I was fishing the same areas. So if that tells you anything about those length of days, like the fish were in the same areas as they were two years ago. Yeah, that's amazing. And the water temperature was significantly warmer this year than it was when I did that two years ago. Uh, but it, it kind of proves my point that I think lengths of days makes a bigger difference and being around those big gizzard shed. So when I was catching just keepers, I was around lots and lots of bait, but it was just that one and two inch long, big balls of it. What you want when they get shallow is the big gizzard shed because big bass feed on those big gizzard sheds. Yeah. If you see 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 those in Lake of the Ozarks. Put your trolling motor down. Start fishing. Yeah. The big girls are close. Yeah, if you see the food, the 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 fish are there. Uh, Bo, did you want to yes. take this opportunity to announce the uh, public tournament that you're going to host at your uh, at your house, your lake? You know, I hope nobody ever <laughs> listens to this podcast. Why are you so fixated on? You know what? I've already my neighbor and I have already fished all the fish out of it, That's so don't you fact. even worry about That's it. That's a fact. That's a <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. There's no you know, fish. No, here's There's here's, no here's the problem. Pond. There's no fish in that no. pond. <laughs> here's the problem with your words. You have to understand if you open it up to the public for one day, it will then be a public lake forever. And I'm not doing it. I know. I'm joking. There's no... <laughs> That's why I got my scope all dialed in on my AR. Yeah. You can't even get on the yeah. prop. You can't even get on the property. There's no, there's anybody that even tried, except for the neighbor. Bo, you got the, you got, you got the uh, different colored dots paint on the back of the tree. So, you know, the yardage too for your AR that way, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) If he didn't before. You know, it's funny. I was, I was just on this podcast exclusive guys. I was actually going to open up an invitation just for you two and Chad to come out and fish, but you know what? It's over. We're not, we're not doing it. We're You're gonna there. still invite Mike, and you should I still invite Mike anything, and Chad. Bill. Yeah, don't hold it against Mike and Chad. <laughs> One suffers, we all suffer. I, well, <laughs> the team loses. You know, yeah, if I lose, the team loses. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Mike, what are uh, we only have a couple minutes left? What are some of the biggest differences uh, right now for people if, if they're going out on the on the water? And the last time they were out, it was you know still 95, 100 degrees outside. Um, what are some of the just common sense changes that you make, uh, you know, as the as the weather changes? Sure. Fish are feeding up. They're not going to – they might be on the bottom or ha- they're going to be more suspended feeding up on that shad. So you want to fish something up in the water column. Uh, now, when I go back and fish shallow like that, it doesn't matter. If the water's only three feet deep and they're setting in a foot and a half, well, they can go up or down just as easy. 
But if you're fishing over a little bit deeper water, say some of those commercial docks in your cove that you were speaking of, you know, out there on that point, mm-hmm. when you get out to the tip of those, what, Tony, it's 28, 30 foot deep out there. The fish are going to be out there, but they're not going to be in the bottom. They're going to be a foot and a half, two feet deep underneath those things. So top water, spinnerbait, you know, my preference is to swim a jig just because I can skip it places, you know. So they're going to be feeding up, and they're going to be migrating to the backs of the cove. So I wouldn't – I would start at the back and work my way out if the wind was blowing into that cove, mm-hmm. you know, or concentrate on that back third that doesn't mean that there's not some fish still out deep on the summertime pattern, but the actively feeding fish, the ones that are a little easier to catch, they're going to be towards the backs and they're going to be feeding up. You can throw a buzz bait, a spook, a whopper plopper, or something, you know, a jerk bait. I had a couple friends do really well on a jerk bait, moving it really, really fast. Uh, Man, I had you know, a you don't big have to fish day. It like you do in the winter. I had a big day with the whopper plopper about three weeks ago. I think I talked a little bit about it on the on the show. Um, uh, was that all the pictures of you and Perry with? Uh, yeah, I mean, sent me? oh my yeah. gosh, it that thing, um, it 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 couldn't miss. I mean, there was there was a, there was a couple spots where we were fishing that day where there was just there were some dead trees down in the water, a lot of branches dangling around, and um, I mean, if you ran that thing through there just right, just about every time through one of those areas. We were, yeah, I mean that thing was getting especially blown when you're on up. a lake like what you were on that's not as pressured as Lake of the Ozarks and hasn't seen a bazillion whopper ploppers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my but I started the day with, with a, their mom and that that their subdivision pond. It's lights out with that thing. Right. I, I start. You go out there right at dusk. It just lights out. Yeah. I started the day though running a buzz bait through there and they weren't really hitting it. And I don't know if I don't know if. The time. It's that sound. It's yeah, that I, yeah. Sound. I don't know if it was the lure or if it was just because a couple hours had gone by and now it was a different time of the day. But when I switched the approach there, uh, from uh, when I switched the top water that I was using from the buzz bait to the whopper plopper, it made all the difference in the world. It was crazy. Plus, you can bomb that whopper plopper. You can cover so much more water. It casts so far with that thing. Heck yeah. Uh, but yeah, was the last time so... you tied on a whopper plopper? Uh, never in my life. Uh, have you heard of, uh, have you heard of the pole shaker? A buddy of mine created a lure called the pole shaker. Are you familiar Ooh. with this? No, but I am not. We got, well, yeah. <laughs> sure to answer. Yeah, but let's it, get us some. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? That, that, get us some. Uh, radio freebies. Um, yeah, tell us uh, how you know to what? Maybe them. we, maybe we can, uh, maybe we can get, uh, him on a, as a guest in the next week or two. Troy DeRus is his name. For sure. And, uh, yeah, good guy. You know, just loves fishing and hunting, and uh, he just came out with his new thing. And when when he, when I first saw the name Pole Shaker, I thought, is this an advertisement for a strip club? What, 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 I don't <laughs> know what's going name, on here. The name of my strip club is going to be the the Pole Barn. Yeah. <laughs> really, you must have a really good wife. Do you know <laughs> you what got type? The coolest yeah, wife yeah. in the world. Do you know what type Part of lure it is? Is it a top water? Is it a? Do you know? No, Any of those no, I don't. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna figure no. it out. We're gonna figure out what the pole shaker is. Yeah, all about. I'm always game to try new stuff. For Amen. Sure. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. Mike, before we let you go, before we wrap this up, uh, I mentioned the uh, Ten Horse Monty YouTube channel. I got a chance to watch uh, a good chunk of your the live, live stream. stream that you did earlier this week on that channel. Yep. Um, how can people? Yeah, you can tune in. Yeah, yeah just tune in. There's there, there's uh, it's tenhorsemonty.com on his YouTube page. Facebook page. Uh, we just dropped uh, video one, day one 
uh, of our practice at Pickwick at the Toyota Owners Tournament and the Toyota Owners Meeting. And then he had that live stream, which is like like a Joe Rogan length. It's like two hours and ten minutes or something of a, us talking fishing Monday night. Yeah. And then yesterday he just dropped our practice for this BFL tournament. We were just talking. And then he'll be dropping day two of both Toyota and the BFL here in the near future. I don't think a lot of people realize how much work. I mean, he, he was up till 2 a.m. editing that stuff. I'm sure oh, I Chad bet. understands. I, I, but, yeah, you know, I, every bit of it. You're, yeah. You're, 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 you're trying to make it interesting and, you know, enough fish catches and, you know, that sort of thing. So, uh, and it's really funny from my perspective because there's, like, some inside jokes in there uh, <laughs> on some of that stuff. Like, for example, Tony, we were in the back of a cove and a guy said, hey, that point up there, we always catch five-pounders. So we're on our way up there, right? And then Gabe put this in the video. He hooks one, and I lean over and go, is it a five-pounder? You know, and like, I don't know if anybody caught that, but I always get that a lot. We catch five pounders off of this dock all the time. And we all know that my, the definition of a five pounder to me is not the same as it is to some people. Like they'll see a 15 inch bass and assume that's a five pounder because they've never really seen a five pounder. Right, right. So when Gabe hooked that, I looked at him and was like, is it a five pounder? That's great. That's great. No, yeah. it's, it's great so, stuff. So, yeah, 10-Horse Monty, man, he's got lots of content on his own, but me and him, you know, there's new videos coming out every couple of days, every three or four or five days. So, uh, And I, I know he's getting ready to go down to Lake Egypt to film on Sunday to get some stuff down there. So, Yeah, that's great. I can't recommend it enough. 10-Horse Monty on YouTube. You can see a lot of uh, Mike's experiences out there um, on the water, and you can hear the Mike and those other guys uh, and Ten Horse talk about um, um, their time on the water and, and get some really great yeah, information. Get some great. And knowledge. the live stream's great too. And if you if you haven't checked that out and you're a fisherman, it's nice because you can log in as it's going live and ask questions. Yep. You can type in and ask questions. Which I did. Hey, the- did. You see the Second Amendment radio shirt I hung up in the back. Very hillbilly, yeah. but it was in the background <laughs> there for the live. Stream. I loved it. I loved it. And yeah, uh, yeah I asked my question. And he plugged. Uh, he plugged our show too. And I, I can't. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough for that. That was uh, really really good stuff. I'll I promise you all their subscribers are probably going to be listening to your show because well, they're all super cool people. That's great. Uh, that's great. We'll they're loyal. Them. They're there every Monday night waiting for us to start. You that's know? So, so cool. It's, it's, well, Mike yeah. Marfell, thank you so much. I love uh, Thanks, any opportunity guys. to talk a little fishing, and we'll have you back again real soon. All right. Let's get out there and go fishing sometime, Tony. We've been oh, threatening it. We've got to do it this fall. All right. All well, right. Well, Thanks, guys. I'll meet have you. a great week. See you, Mike. I'll meet you at Bo's house in about yeah. a half hour. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Come by and get me. Uh, Yeah, Mike, thanks a lot. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, We're going to wrap up this edition of the podcast exclusive. Big thank you to Mike Marfell and uh, for producer Chad Ellis and Bo Matthews. I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you for listening to another edition of the podcast exclusive of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Get more at 971talk.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.